1: What up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of the Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, Abe and I are going to dive into the hardened Giannis beef. Tony Romo got paid $70 million a year and much, much more. So let's get it. Blue wire.
0: The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a rave. His own All year. Every year. Jackson, Jackson himself. Oh, he broke his ankles. going to win the football game! Auburn's going to win the football game! For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Bryant, put the jumper. He goes oh, And the
1: Lakers lead! Bomba out. What up fam? I'm your host, Jack Summer from Snapback Sports on Snapchat. Joining me today, and as always, is 24-year-old happy birthday, Abe Granoff. Abe, happy b brother. Blessed
0: to see another year, man just just happy to be here happy to be here as um, Always. all right before we get started
1: Wait, thank you happy to, anniversary
0: yeah. to you as well thank you well, i appreciate well, it. i'm not married trip to, to
1: be cleared well weekend getaway trip yeah little weekend getaway to florida celebrate three years of dating not marriage just to be clear. <laughs> um all right before we get into it uh shout out to untuck it for sponsoring this podcast um Untuck It is the brand you've been looking for. It's the original Untucked shirt, a modern solution to an old problem with no tucking or tailoring required no matter your size or shape. Their shirts are the perfect Untucked length. Go to untuckit.com, use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping, returns on all orders in the U.S. That's untuckit.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for 20% off your first order. All right, why are these guys beefing, Abe?
0: I don't know, but I love it. Honestly, it's so subtle. Each each shot that they take at each other, um, you got to think it. I mean, it stems from MVP voting last year.
1: I don't know. There was there was a clip from like 2011 where they 2011. had 2011, yeah. I think it was. Giannis 20. was like. No, uh, 20, 2014. Sorry. There was a clip Giannis from 2014. Giannis was like
0: 112 pounds in, in 2011. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was rookie Giannis. He kind of stops Harden on possession. He talks some trash to him. Then Henson, or not Henson, like Larry Sanders gets in a fight with Harden. It dates all the way back to then. Then you have last year, Giannis throws the ball at Harden's head and the MVP voting. It seemed like it was I mean, more of a.
0: Okay, well, the the throw at the head. I think everyone realized it was on accident at first, but then, now that we have this beef, it makes you think: Was it, he aiming at Harden's head? Well,
1: that's could you question. imagine?
0: Could you imagine like in the middle of a game, Giannis just has the ball like I don't know, he's back to the basket at the elbow and just like makes eye contact with James Harden, and just feels the impulse need to just peg it at his face. Like, so I,
1: it felt like there was definitely a media narrative pushing like, oh, maybe oh, these guys sure. don't like each other. Now they both have come out and pretty much said, we don't like each other. And in this NBA where everyone's all buddy-buddy and no one really, com- not competes, but hates each other, there's no real rivalries. This is an exciting rivalry. Of course, Harden came out last night against the Celtics. He got the W, ruined the bet of the day. Uh, we were on a two-game win streak. That was disappointing. I checked the box score. You watched the game, Marcus Smart. Why are you attempting twenty-two shots? Anyways, Harden comes out. Seven of twenty-four. Four for seventeen from three. They got the win though. Giannis the other night though. uh, What did he do? Like thirty-three and fourteen and twenty-seven every night. The guy is out of control right now. Harden tried to come at him with you know it's easy. Seven feet tall. Like he. I want
0: to. I I, want to stop you there. Was James Harden incorrect?
1: He was incorrect. Giannis Antetokounmpo what? is an ex- whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. Try that one more time.
1: Giannis Antetokounmpo... All
0: right, don't try it again.
1: ...is an extremely skilled basketball player. You act an like he's... an
0: extremely lucky human specimen. He's lucky? Well, yeah. He didn't get to choose to be seven foot... Sure. Okay, he's lucky.
1: Um, (laughs) Everyone in the NBA is lucky with the uh, amount of athleticism and size they're given. So, with that being said, Giannis is an extremely skilled human being. He's the greatest player on earth right now. There's been seven footers before.
0: No, I'm just like, I don't know. I loved the Harden Rachel Nichols interview. Obviously, you think I'm a Rachel Nichols stan, which I am not. Whatsoever, But, like, I don't know. It, it was so subtle and so nice. Like, Harden, t- to his point, like, has to do a lot more because of his deficiencies elsewhere in terms of, like, his physical being. You know what I mean? I
1: don't know if that's necessarily true. Oh, come on. I just think right, it's weird. It's a weird, it's I, a I a weird
0: target. I have a question. I agree. I agree. But I have a question for you. Do you think it's easier being in the NBA – for James Harden or Giannis?
1: Well, it's actually a really good question because thank you because Giannis, yes, he's seven feet tall, but his ability to dribble the ball like he does to rebound the ball like he does, like, obviously let's not act like there's never been a seven. No, no, I'm not not acting like Giannis has
0: no skill and he was just born lucky. Right. And like Harden
1: because of Harden's size, his change of pace is the elitist that we might've ever seen in our entire lives. And his ability to get a jump shot off because he's only six foot four or whatever he is might be, you know, easy. They're just two completely different styles of play. It doesn't mean Giannis like is Like polar opposite. At
0: all. Like polar opposite. You could make the argument that James Harden might be one of the least athletic superstars in the NBA. He relies I don't know. so heavily. There's pictures he of, of him so heavily looking heavily a little chubby, skill.
1: but he can jump at the gym. Yeah, he's a little thick though. He's not like uh, like Zach Randolph. Like Zebo was just big and just dominated you well, without Z-Bow ever leaving the, the ground. Was the definition
0: of a schoolyard bully.
1: He he was six ten. He couldn't dunk a basketball. Like that <laughs> is different than James Harden, who can fly and but throw down saying poster dogs. What I'm
0: saying is that James Harden, his game is so much more dependent on skill than it is athleticism. Like I will go as far to say that James Harden. Is one of the most skilled players of all time, just because where he lacks elsewhere, he's not gonna. He's not. I know you say he can he can throw it down, but he's not putting it between his legs and going from the foul line. Like he's not muscling people down but low. How does he differ from
1: any other really good guards in the league?
0: Russell Westbrook athleticism, like explosiveness. Um, there are certain other guys that are, are okay, more but athletic. But what about like use Damian Lillard,
1: it. Steph Curry? Yeah, no, they fall in that same category. Planners.
0: They fall in that same category where they're more dependent. But you on... just
1: said, but you just said Harden was one of the most skilled players ever. Am I, am, did you detect a lie?
0: I mean, that just seems like an aggressive statement. What? How could you? The way that he finagles his way through defenses, he doesn't. He doesn't outmuscle people. He literally just steps in and out of them, like. I don't know, man. If you can't admit that James Harden is one of the most skilled players in NBA history, then I don't think I can help you. Like, come on.
1: I just don't see the difference between him and Damian Lillard and Steph Curry and all these other all-world guards. Yeah, you pointed to Russell Westbrook. That's fine. But there's a bunch of guard, Kyrie Irving. Like, all these guys are just hyper-skilled point-and-shooting guards.
0: Right. Okay, so let me rephrase because I'm not saying I'm wrong because I'm right. About this, James Harden is one of the most crafty players of all time. How he's definitely that? crafty. How he's crafty
1: that? because he learned the rules of the game and learned how to, I'm going to use your word, finagle foul calls. That's and word. he's kind of, it's not cheating by any sense, but he figured out the rule. Book. It's not. He's kind of like Bill Belichick, and he knows what's going to get him foul calls, so he gets the line at a a hyper high clip. I mean, he shot four, five for seven, four for seventeen from three last night. Like, that's definitely not skilled. (laughs) He's definitely James Harden's like.
0: He's like an analytics, like the nerds that we have in sports nowadays. He's like their their dream player, exactly because because of his in terms of the shots that he takes. Like, I'm curious the last time James Harden. Has taken an elbow jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the
1: actual game, though, and what we think about the Rockets. Because as much as I'm dogging James Harden right now, I'm more just protecting Giannis. Because I think people hate on Giannis because he I, happens to be I, seven feet tall.
0: I don't think anyone hates on Giannis.
1: Um, well, James Harden does. But Rockets went on the road again. Small ball lineup. I know the Celtics were without Kemba Walker. And Jason Tatum's been playing amazing. My most improved player. Does he have a chance at most improved player? Or is he like, is he too like good. too good? You know what I mean? Um, like, was his sh- floor not low enough?
0: That's what I said when you originally made the pick. I was like, I don't really know how big of a jump that he would have to make. Like, in my opinion, he had to go to like MVP candidate level to become like the most improved.
1: He's like quietly approaching being in the top five of the the MVP candidates like he's not there by any stretch, but like he's within the top 10 players in the league today, right? Like on March 1st, like not, I'm not saying over the court. I'm saying like today, the way he's playing, he's a top 10 player. If he can get into top seven, top five, then I think that jumps big enough, but he has been playing. I've got it right in front of of me
0: right now. I've got it right in front of me right now. Jason Tatum is currently in terms of Vegas. And the odds that are set. The third favorite as of March 1st to win most improved players. Oh, really? Third third favorite behind number one, Brandon Ingram. Okay. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with. Okay. I do agree with number two, Bam Adebayo. Okay. And then Jason Tatum. But I want to I finish that just like the top five. Luca, which is crazy to think. Um, because he did that jump You know what I mean He's at that MVP candidate level So that was like the He's kind the of falling Kading off t- A little A tiny bit Well he was hurt He was hurt Yeah And then Devontae Graham And uh-huh. Shea Gilgis Alexander
1: Okay Who was Oh Karis, Is Karis LeVert on the list no, he was injured for like
0: 30 games. But you know who <laughs> uh, is on the list.
1: So let's let's actually just finish the most improved There's player conversation. There's a guy at a plus, uh,
0: plus 15,000, I see a little, <laughs> Mr. Derek what Beck. is
1: What are the odds on the first, uh, on Ingram, Bam, and plus then.
0: 150 for Ingram, okay. plus Okay. 300 for Bam, uh-huh. plus 450 for Jason Tatum. So you're looking at 15 cents in between each.
1: So essentially, I think... Brandon Ingram, because he, I don't know, I almost feel like Bam's floor was bigger than Ingram's, or Bam's floor was lower than Ingram's co- coming into the season. Is that crazy? Well, let me
0: let me let me try and process what you just said. Bam's floor, yeah, is lower before than the Ingram's.
1: 2019 NBA season started. Wh- who was better, Bam or and Ingram? Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Brad exactly. So, and down and Bam was an all-star. The difference between those three players is that Jason Tatum is the best player on the team Correct. and is clearly the number one on the
0: team. Uh, and... We're forgetting about Kemba because he's hurt.
1: Well, exactly. That's my point. Like, they haven't skipped a beat when Kemba's been out and Tatum's proven I'm the number one guy. And the only different... Ingram, I would say, is probably the number one guy in New Orleans. But they're not in the playoffs and Tatum has I said this I mean we've been saying this for a couple weeks now. I think the Celtics really are the number 2 team in the East. In you you of- doubted Tatum Tatum's ability to make that leap and you still nah. are a believer. You you didn't think Tatum would be this.
0: No. And Tatum Jason Tatum, let me get out in front of this now so I don't come off as a Jason Tatum hater. <laughs> he is a goddamn killer. I said yeah, this to really a buddy. Good. I said this to a buddy yesterday. And, I mean, it's obviously fitting for the time that we're in right now. But I would go as far to say that Jason Tatum, obviously not skill level, but just mentality and what he's able to do at score three all, score at all three levels, is the closest thing that we have in the NBA right now to Kobe Bryant. <sighs> you picking up what I'm putting down?
1: Mm, I would say Kawhi. What? What do you mean? Kawhi? Yeah.
0: I don't know about that.
1: I I would say just the methodical process of getting to a spot and hitting a jumper as if no one's on the floor. Like when Kawhi's pulling up for a shot, it's almost as if like he's looking through the defender and just straight into the rim. And he can score on all three levels. His worst level is obviously a three-pointer. And that's what people don't really remember is like Kobe's worst level was the three. He wasn't an excellent three-point shooter. He improved over his career, but that was never really his game. Tatum's more. I mean, he's more of a wing. He's more. He's slithery. He gets the rim. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's.
0: I think that Tatum, like the way he finishes at the basket, is Kobe Bryant-esque. Where maybe it's because Tatum's more flashy than Kawhi, and just like you said, Kawhi is like one of the more methodical players in the NBA, and he's not trying to be this. Excuse me. This flashy guy and everything. But Tatum, on the other hand, is explosive it throws it down with authority at the rim, like finishes up and unders and stuff work. Whereas Kawhi will just like pump fake you, get you off your spot and then just drop it in the hoop. You know what I mean? Yeah. But,
1: um, all right. The eight seed in the West.
0: I couldn't imagine my team passing up on a guy like Jason Tatum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just to get Mark I, w-
0: I want to talk about that actually real quick. Cause I had this conversation yesterday and I'm curious your thoughts. I think that that's all a smokescreen. I think that the Celtics, no matter what, at one or at three, were always going to take Jason Tatum. People say, oh, you could have – you took Markel Fultz. You could have Jason Tatum, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you can say that. You can say that for every player that ever – Well, you could have trade.
1: well, when you traded up, you could have selected Jason Tatum. Correct. And, all right, so I think it's a great – before we go eight seed in the West, it's a great conversation to have because about six months ago, we had a conversation where you said – we drafted Markel and although that was obviously a bad selection, it led to Tobias, Jimmy Butler and that whole team. And then what you're talking about
0: the Sixers right
1: now. And I think now we can revisit that conversation because you were like, I'm still glad we drafted folds because it led to that. You could have Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Joe Embiid on rookie contracts. Thanks dude. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> just had to drop that nugget in there. All right, the eighth seed in the West. What, what, uh, it, did, uh, what exact- it did, what
0: it did, drafting Markell is what it did. It just it it, it sped up the process. You know right. what I mean? It, it forced the needle like, okay, we got to But do
1: isn't that the straight. irony in the word, the process? You never want to speed up the process.
0: Well, we can thank Adam Silver for that.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, the eighth seed in the West, the honor of getting swept by the Lakers, will belong to... Who do you like? We have the Grizzlies currently in the eight spot. Huge win over the Lakers. So maybe they don't get swept. And Jaron Jackson's out. They're missing. I think some that ja,
0: I think that job. Ja Morant could have like a crazy one game and get one against yeah. the Lakers. I think yeah. they could win in five.
1: Grizzlies are two and a half up on the Pelicans. Three games up on the Spurs. Three and a half on the Blazers and Kings. Where did the Kings come from?
0: Um, Sacramento.
1: Where did they come from in the playoff race? Like they were they were just bottom of the barrel and then all of a sudden they're
0: like three and a half back. Seven and three in their last ten. But to answer your question, Jack, I have no idea. (laughs) I had no idea they were right in there. But like, you gotta think when it when it becomes like this eight seed, right? You're dealing with all these teams that are the Grizzlies are two games under five hundred, whereas everyone else is like seven. Like they coming back three and a half games with um, I'm not going to try and do the math with how many games are left. 32, it looks like. 22. No. Yeah, there you go. 22. Yeah. 22. Um, that's why I said I wasn't going to try. With teams that are winning at a 40% rate, like, that's hard to do. Whereas, Which is why I think it's really a two-man race between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Um, probably would come down to strength of schedule, which I don't have in front of me. I but can tell you.
1: The, I can give you an idea of – so the outlook for those five teams is – Damian is hurt, but the Blazers have the easiest uh, rest of the way in terms of scheduling. The Grizzlies uh, have a pretty tough schedule, plus Jaron Jackson's out. They're uh, they're pretty injured. Uh, Also, Brandon Clark's out. The Spurs are, I mean, they're only three games back, but it just doesn't feel like... I don't know. Them getting into the playoffs would be weird. It wouldn't be weird because it's pop, but like they're just not that good of a team to your point. They're winning 43% of their games this year. It would be slightly tough. The Pelicans are, are playing really hater? good basketball. He was sure that might is not age well. obviously on the team. He wasn't there for the first 40 games this season. My pick to make it. How are the Blazers going to miss the playoffs? They were in the Western Conference Finals last year.
0: They're not that good plain and simple they're really missing Zach Collins this year which is weird because I never thought he was that good but Hassan Whiteside stinks he stinks
1: Um, and he's putting up like 15 and 12 this year
0: yeah like I mean he used to be a lot better in Miami in those early years but he's never really getting over the hump I don't know you want to give Damian Lillard because of who he is as a superstar the benefit of the doubt that he would make the playoffs but dude three and a half games who knows when Dame's coming back like telling you that's that's tough that's tough to do I really think that the Grizzlies out of those teams play the best team ball on a consistent basis and I mean they have their guy Ja is their leader whether he's 19 year old 19 years old is a whole different story can he be a leader but he's clearly able to rally those young guys around him and say get on my back and let's go and which is awesome to see so far but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Grizz the benefit of the doubt that they're gonna hold on to it
1: dames out Monday night against the magic But this is their next stretch of games. Orlando, Washington, Phoenix, Sacramento, Phoenix, Memphis at home. Like, they have a very good opportunity. I mean, they don't really like –
0: I'm curious if that's their last matchup with the Grizzlies because those head-to-heads are what it's going to come down to. So
1: then they play Houston, Minnesota, Dallas, Minnesota, Charlotte, Detroit, Boston, Philly – Brooklyn like I don't know they just have they have a winnable schedule down the stretch they have the experience as much as like you said you like John Morant you like the way he can rally his guys but when Damian Lillard comes back he's an all-star super all-pro all-NBA player I'm I take him minus three games over John Morant in this situation
0: you're going with the Grizz I mean the 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 Blazers
1: I think it's either the Blazers or the Pelicans low-key the yeah. Pelicans are just a really good team. Like, they should be a 500 team, I think, by the end of the year.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, they have their veteran guys. They they definitely, out of the, all the teams remaining, I think, have the most talent, like, in terms of depth. But, I mean, obviously the Blazers have Dame in the top heavy. But, I, I don't know. What Could you not see a situation where, oh, Greg Pakovich, 21 years in a row, has made the playoffs? Like Of course. <laughs> like, it's the Spurs. It's yeah. like... I'm not going to say it's the Patriots, but in a way it is. Like, they're just always going to be there.
1: Yeah. Um, and by there, right.
0: I mean the first round.
1: Good, good mention of the Patriots as we move to the NFL. Tony Romo signs a multi-year contract. I think he got $100 million in total to commentate NFL football games. OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins were going back and forth on Michael Twitter saying, I saw um, you know, I want to be commentating games. I don't want to play. OBJ makes $18 million a year. Romo's going to make $17 million to talk about OBJ playing in the game. He's going to make more than Hopkins. Only uh, two or three wide receivers, Julio, Michael Thomas, and AB when he was in league made more than $17 million a year. What were your thoughts on the Romo deal?
0: I have no problem with it. I have absolutely no problem with it. As a matter of fact, I have a problem. With the players going at him and saying there's no reason that he should be making this much. First off, you never talk about another man's money. That's one thing. Two, it is too... I understand that Tony Romo is getting paid to well, commentate... Hold on, let games. me cut you off. Let me cut you off. I don't think they're,
1: like, hating on Romo. They're more hating on the system. On than the idea. To be no, I, I
0: know, I know, I know. Listen, this is what I have a problem with it. Because... I understand that Tony Romo is getting paid to commentate the NFL players' games. And in the end of the day, the product that the NFL puts on the field are the players. And that's who should be getting most of the revenue. But in the same breath, it is two totally different industries. You see what I'm saying? One guy plays a professional sport. The other guy is a television uh, – what's the word I'm looking commentator. for? Commentator. Yeah, commentator or just personality two totally different fields. I understand that they coexist in the same field almost being football, but at the same time, it is two totally different jobs and there's supply and a demand and CBS, CBS is the one paying Tony Romo. The NFL is not. That's why I have a problem. It is two totally different revenue pools that pay different entities and that's why I think it's an issue that these players are, are lashing out and saying he's getting paid too much money. Dude, If you want to do it, then go commentate. But Tony Romo has clearly shown a great ability to commentate NFL games. I actually at first didn't like him when he was doing all that pre-snap stuff. I thought he was uh, doing too much and trying to – he was overbearing on the broadcast. But since CBS has told him, hey, take a step back, and I actually think Tony Romo is one of the best at what he does in terms of uh, commentators in the NFL. So I think it is justified – the, the demand is there. The supply is there. If the NFL was paying Tony Romo, sure, I'd have a problem with it. But the NFL and CBS are two totally different companies, which is why I don't think that it's fair that these players are lashing out, saying that Tony Romo is getting paid too much money. Tony Romo is a future
1: superstar as a commentator. He already is a, a very big star, but like they see him as a Gus Johnson, a Jim Nance, and they wanted to lock him down. So respect to CBS for doing that. But I am... I am I assume they did the research and they know uh, how much he's worth to the broadcast. And I do enjoy Tony Romo, but I'm only going like I'm gonna watch Patriots versus Steelers at four fifteen on CBS, whether Romo's announced or commentating or someone else's. I'm gonna watch the Ravens, whatever time they're on. Of course. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to watch a game over, like or go to the TV to go watch like people watch Monday night football they hate booger but they're still gonna watch Monday night football people watch Sunday night football what whatever your feelings are on Al Michaels and Collinsworth you're gonna watch Sunday night football and it doesn't really matter so I am genuinely curious uh how CBS got to that number and how they saw the value in Romo as a commentator because there's no doubt in my mind he's one of the best but when it comes to football, like people are tuning in regardless. I guess it makes for a better viewing experience. Exactly. But it, exactly. But it doesn't mean they're not going to tune in, in my opinion.
0: No, yeah, 100%. They're always going to tune in because, like I said, the NFL, the football is the product first. But like you said, Romo is enhancing that that viewing experience for you and for I. And, yes, you're not going to sit down and say, "Oh, we got Romo at 4 o'clock. You're going to say the Patriots are coming exactly. on at 4. But when he pops up on your screen – it's, a, it's more of a mental thing. It makes it feel like it's maybe a bigger deal because down the line, when CBS, I know these guys, these TV companies, they switch off who has the rights to each Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Tony Romo is going to be commentating a Super Bowl within the next few years. Whenever CBS has an ex, it's going to be him in the booth, and that's what these guys do. He is now the Buck and Aikman of CBS. He's their guy, and if they see the value, they clearly can afford him. I mean, it's the biggest, one of the biggest TV networks in the country, in the world— Um, then they're going to lock up their guy. Just like um, the Browns wanted to lock up OBJ. The Saints wanted to... And Michael Thomas commenting, frankly, rubbed me the wrong way because I'm pretty sure he just got paid the most money out of any receiver in the NFL. But that's neither here nor there. But the point is, these teams are locking up their guys and the networks are locking up their guys. And they are two totally different entities that have nothing to do with each other, that just happen to work at the same event.
1: You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Tony Romo will be commentating the 2021 Super Bowl in Tampa Bay this year. Oh, I can't wait for that Lamar Jackson call.
0: I feel like Jameis should have some part in that Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> I don't know where Jameis is going to resign. Speaking of resigning, let yeah, Tom let's, let's Brady at the Syracuse right. game last night. I mean, that did you see that clip? No, that was awkward. You can see it on SnapX Sports on Snapchat, but. uh, they're sitting front row at the game. Him, Tom Brady, and Julian Edelman. They've panned the camera on him. Edelman says he's coming back. Brady gives him, like, a like not a funny death stare, like a legitimate death stare. Then later in the game, someone, like, eight rows behind them is filming them, and the two of them are on FaceTime with Mike Vrabel, which, you know, that was a teammate of theirs or whatever. But, Wait,
0: they're FaceTiming Vrabel in the middle of the game?
1: Yeah, and at, a, like, a TV timeout. It just... And all the reports tend to lean towards Brady is not going to return. I'm still, like, so stuck in my head that he's coming back to New England. It would be one of the weirdest moves ever if he doesn't go back to New England. Like, it would be like if Dirk finished his career out for the Hornets. It would be like if Kobe had finished his career out for the Wizard. Like, Tom Brady should never play a game not in a Patriots jersey.
0: I think it would just be wrong. It would be weird is the the – is the response, but in the same breath, when Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles, people were saying the Lakers shouldn't pay him. He's at this age, but they did pay him because maybe it was like that hometown, like not the hometown, just like their guy. But Michael Jordan finished as a Washington Wizard. There are other players all around, like Phillip Rivers is going to be on a different team. It happens. LeBron James has moved teams. Like that's what people do. But like you said, you're talking about it's going to be weird if Tom Brady leaves. I really, really never accepted the fact that he was going to leave up until this week it's starting to seem with these reports that are coming out these these Jeff Darlingtons of the world these Adam Schefters are saying that listen this is a real thing he is going to take calls from other teams and it's going to come down to not Bill Belichick because I think that you and I can agree I don't think Bill Belichick wants him I think it's just Robert Kraft because if you remember with Jimmy Garoppolo there was a whole news article yeah but it's not like they
1: have a better backup plan anymore like, yeah, it's, no, it's him or like, I don't know, their backup's not good. They could draft a quarterback, which I don't think Brady
0: would be offended by. I think at they this, drafted one last year and Jared Stidham.
1: Yeah, at this point, it's weird because the Patriots came out and essentially said, we'll give him $30 million. And at that point, I was like, oh, he's going back. He's never really cared about the money. He just didn't, you know, he wasn't going to take $4 million. But to be offered 20 plus to make $30 million and then them not sign on the dotted line, it just feels weird. It seems like Brady almost wants like a two-year deal. Like he doesn't think this is his last year. I think he thinks he has two more at least. And I think that could be what's rubbing Belichick the wrong
0: way. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is the definition, uh, this whole situation, whether it's legitimate chances that he can leave or not is a whole different story. But to me, this is a, I'll believe it when I see it because I cannot accept seeing Tom Brady in another uniform just for the optics of it. Just because looking at it will feel weird. It'll look weird. I mean obviously we'll get used to it, but just the optics, it's I'll believe it when I see it. Because it the Patriots, the way they're run, it's it's a family. Robert Kraft is Tom Brady's father, essentially. I mean I'm sure they kiss on the lips just like I'm pretty sure they do kiss on the lips. Um but that's a different story. But yeah, I mean I'll believe it when I see it. I if he is going to leave for me, it seems like uh, I mean, obviously the Titans are the biggest because they have Vrabel. He was his teammate. He's the coach there. They did go, go all that all that way last year with Derrick Henry running, but they have to pay Derrick Henry. For me, it's like a LeBron type thing where I think we both agree that LeBron was always going to LA just because it was LA. He wasn't going for the Lakers. He wasn't going. He, I mean, he knew that he could get the pieces around him there because it's the Lakers brand. But he was going for the post career life, the movie industry. Right, but Tom Brady's not a that. top
1: three player in the league like LeBron, and he only has one or two years. Like, he's joining a contender. That's off what the I'm bat. saying. That's
0: what I'm saying. He I don't know to if a there's team a like team the out there. He can go to a team like the Chargers, who have weapons in Melvin Gordon and the receivers in Mike Whoa,
1: Williams. whoa, whoa, dude. What's your deal?
0: Oh, cut that. Austin Eckler's running the show. That's fam. That's our fam. Austin, I hope you don't listen to this episode. But uh, keep doing those weird pull-ups. Anyway, he can go to a team like the Chargers, who have the best running backs to ever walk the planet Earth in Austin Eckler. <laughs> he, they have the receivers. They have a young He, defense, a, he is a, a free
1: agent, just to be clear. He could play for two, someone else next year. Yeah,
0: two years, ago, two years ago, the Chargers had one of the top defenses in the NFL. They won 12, 13 games. That defense is young. And it's, the, it's L.A. Clearly, I mean, L.A., the Chargers, they play 16 road games a year. They never have any fans. But you think Tom Brady can go there. He can open up TB12, his business in L.A. He's in L.A. You always see him rocking sunglasses and stuff, Giselle, blah, 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 blah. You can see him out in L.A. Like, is Tom Brady going to live in the state of Tennessee? <laughs> I don't on.
1: think so. That or Las Vegas, if they can get rid of Derek Carr. But – uh, I don't. I don't think he's leaving. Even with all the reports, I'm very adamant that Tom Brady will be a New England Patriot next.
0: season. Uh, yeah. See, I was. I was under the impression this. All these reports that came out this week, like, wow, he might really leave. And then I saw like, co- <clears throat> contract discussions have halted, maybe because of this new CBA that's going down, and they don't know how much cap they're going to have because of the the revenue stream, all that stuff. But. So, maybe that's the only reason something hasn't happened yet, and we're not hearing reports of actual deals that are being offered. But I'll believe it when I see it, Tom. The ball's in your court. But, like, I mean, there's this QB carousel this offseason is one in recent memory that I I can't remember this many big names being on the market. I'm not going to say big talents, I'm going to say big names in terms of the story with what's going to be the deal with cam newton yeah the Phillip nfl Rivers, season James winston Dak it Prescott. seems dry
1: right now even with the combine and all that going on I think, like I we haven't heard really anything on Jameis or any of these guys
0: yeah and i think the franchise tag period just opened up two days ago or maybe it's next thursday or something one of these thursdays that are around but i mean there's a lot of quarterbacks out there and teams with decisions did you see this week actually uh the Bears GM came out and said that Mitch is our guy.
1: That just brought I mean, he a, is a their smile
0: guy. to my, just brought a smile to my face. No, Mitch is our guy.
1: Mitch is our guy. All right, snapback fam. Is- thank you guys for listening to another episode of the pod. We hopefully have a uh, Derek white coming on pretty soon. So that should be dope. And we will, we'll see what, when we release, it might be Thursday morning. It might be Thursday afternoon. TBD, but stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the feed. That way, we're getting that bad boy on video. What?
0: We're getting that bad boy on video. Yeah, hopefully. So, I'm going to go up to New York, stay with Jack. Jack, you have hair and makeup for me, right? Yep. Perfect. Hair and makeup, second ever video pod.
1: All right, fam. Much love. Peace.